know a lot of girls my age are like, I'm looking for a guy that knows how to balance masculine and feminine energy. So I think those two things combined is like a fear of men that they have over the wisdom that women can bring into circle. Not saying that men don't have wisdom. It's just a different type of wisdom. And because they're afraid of that wisdom that we might have as well as like the, you know, just afraid of that, it, they can't bring themselves to balance it as well as when they see it succeeding, it, it like threatens their masculinity that's in balance. Yes. Does that make sense? Totally. Yes. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast, The Reclamation. We're in episode 12. This week's topic is fun. <laughs> this this uh, week's episode is surprising for both Kelsey and I. Uh, the title of our episode is Bitch Energy. We're going to talk all <laughs> about the word bitch. We're going to talk all about what bitch energy is across time and into where we are now into this topic. Yes. So we came into this topic because I personally really dislike the word to begin with. And I had, I would say a wound (laughs) that I've been recovering healing and it has to do with how I approach men especially when I need to say no. Yeah. And it was, if I can be just a tad more specific, somebody called you a bitch once and you have not been able to forget it. And you would love somebody that I loved and adored at the time. It was, it was very, Oh yeah. (laughs) She was expressing this to me and I was like, girl, what does bitch even mean? Like, what does that mean? And so here we go. We dove in. Today we have a fun guest, but really kind of bring her, bringing her in as a co-host. So we got a trifecta today, and our <laughs> guest co-host is Kaya. She's actually my oldest child. Uh, she's 18, graduated from Salem Hills last year, and she was debate captain, qualified for state and nationals three years in a row. Why am I telling you this? Because this is the reason why we brought her on. I said to Kelsey, Kaya, she's in this generation younger than us. I'm really curious to know what her thoughts are on bitch energy, what her demographic and um, peers think about bitch energy. And she's so good at articulating information. Let's have her on. It'll be so fun. So Kaya, say hello and tell us a little bit about what you thought when I introduced this topic to you and invited you on the podcast. Hi, I'm Kaya, as my mom said. Um, This was really interesting for me because, like my mom said, I'm in the house all the time and hear her talking about the podcast with Kelsey all the time. But I was just in the bathroom doing my skincare routine and she comes up from behind me and she goes, I have a question for you. What would you describe as bitch energy and I was just like huh and so that was kind of an interesting question for me to hear for a lot of reasons because the way she posed it I knew it was for the podcast (laughs) 
and then she like gave me a little bit more background and she, and I was like immediately my first immediate thoughts was like bitch energy like me and girl energy you know what I mean and then yeah. she was like like then she started to elaborate on bad bitch energy but it was funny because my first like I didn't even think about bad bitch energy but it, it was really interesting because it I really had to think about it because I feel like people think about the word bitch and then it's just like, it's just a word that's so overused. It's kind of like a big word you read in a book and you don't really know what it means, but you know where it fits in a sentence. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. And so that's kind of how the word bitch was when she, I, I'm really excited to talk about it obviously, but yeah. We're going to get into all of the things that you talked about with it just being an overused word now and this is the question, Kelsey, is what does this even mean? How are we using it today? And the bad bitch energy that is fairly new, but I bet you'll be surprised at actually how old the idea is. Um, okay, so we're going to just jump into the etymology of the word bitch and the history of it. And also, let's just take note, uh, this is beginning going to be the space where I have used this word the most ever in my life and will so hereafter. I don't know. You girls agree with that? Uh, yeah, because I don't like that word. So here yeah. we are. And, and it's not that I don't like it. It's, there's, there's something about it. It's just not something I like. I, I, there's a, like we were saying at the beginning of the podcast before we were recording there's a lot of other words that I can use that might be more crude without hesitation but I there's always a little hesitation right before I say bitch yes, so me too <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get real comfortable with this word and we're we're treating it like a word right now so the word bitch dates back to the first century after AD, first century AD, it stems from Old English and Germanic, spelled B-I-C-C-E, which I failed to Google translate that and have it speak it for me. But if I were to guess, I would say biche. So when you want to insult somebody, you can say that and just be like, original usage. It's but Italian. <laughs> it does literally mean female dog. And it goes back to the 15th century. Okay, so it started in the first century to mean female dog. And so we're going to skip forward a whole bunch of time. And we're going to go to the 15th century to where this word started to change. And it became a term of contempt towards women or demeaning towards women literally applying it towards women who were promiscuous or sensual, which is a surprise to me. I did not know that that, that was the way it was used originally is if you were like a hussy or a whore, but worse than that. And the reason why <sighs> it was directed at women in that way is because they resembled a dog in heat, the female dog in heat how the dog just goes out and is like, hey, here I am. I'm looking for any man who can mate with me because that's what I need right now. Okay. Oh so 
<laughs> so surprising to me. Um, and to be called a bitch was the worst insult for a woman to receive. Like I said before, more so than a whore. And I came across a few quotes that were really old, 15th century, where the the literature would say things like, you can call me a hussy, you can call me a whore, just don't call me a bitch. So it was really not a desirable term then, for sure. Um, and then, listen, this is so interesting. This is where the term son of a bitch comes into play as the ultimate insults to the man and his mother. Because you think of the word bitch being just the rudest thing, and then you tell a guy, a man, well, you're the son of a bitch. You're applying a double insult. So that's where that term started to gain popularity as something real, real, real mean to say to somebody. Ancient Greece, the literature points to consistent use of comparing dogs and women in the sense they are that they are subservient and lower or lesser than in positions in society. So oh my gosh. the fact that bicha means female dog and bitch is applied towards women, hopefully that all comes together. It makes some sense now. Oh. <laughs> Kelsey is I'm having thinking. all feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts from both of you, either of you? We still live in ancient Rome. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. In ideas, are you speaking more of the ideas of women are lesser and lower? Yeah. Like if you flip it on the other side and you think about the other parts of the world where like the indigenous tribes were actually having really successful civilizations. They had a totally different way of society. It was matriarchal and women were in the leadership in the councils to help organize the people and help, you know what I'm saying? Abundance. Totally. And then you have on this side, the Roman empire, the Roman empire and the Greek and Littled by yeah. their comparison to a female dog. It's just yeah. really fascinating, the contrast. I have a comment on that. I was reading something this morning, actually, about the Filipinos and how the Filipino women were very free and had equal rights to as men and even more so trusted in society when the cargo would come in. And this is a long time ago when the cargo would come in for trade, they would want a woman there present to sign off and make sure everything was good because they were more trusted hmm. and they held high positions in society and were sought out, sought out for their wisdom. And when the, I, I might get the guy's name wrong. Um, the explorer came in, the one that changed everyone, everyone when like the whole, the Polynesians, maybe it was Captain Cook. I feel like I might get that name wrong when he came in and he saw the society and how much freedom and rights women had, he was really turned off by that. And they started the education system to 
make it them more civilized you think of the pocahontas story yes let's make you more civilized everybody wants to be this way and i thought it was so interesting that they saw that society the way it was running with women having equal rights or more freedom just really seen as wise to be backwards (laughs) they went to change it can I say something on that really quick? I work with a lot of teenagers who are a little bit younger than me. I'm still a teenager, but like 14 to 15 year olds. And a lot of them are boys. And I'm like, you guys are cute boys. Like, are you talking to any girls? And they'll tell me, no, I'm afraid of girls. I'm afraid of women. And I'm like, why? How come? Oh, they're just so mature. They're so smart and pretty. And they like know what they want. And so I'm just afraid to talk to them. And, and I'm like, all girls are like this? No, not all girls, but the ones I want to talk to. I'm just afraid to talk to them. And then oh. I kind of correlated what you just said a little bit with that, as well as what people are starting to talk about a little bit more. I know a lot of girls my age are like, I'm looking for a guy that knows how to balance masculine and feminine energy. So I think those two things combined is like a fear of men that they have over the wisdom that women can bring into circle. Not saying that men don't have wisdom. It's just a different type of wisdom. And because they're afraid of that wisdom that we might have as well as like the, you know, just afraid of that it, they can't bring themselves to balance it as well as when they see it succeeding, it it like threatens their masculinity. That's in balance. Does that make sense? Totally. Yes. Okay, you're totally speaking our language, Kelsey and I there, uh, in recognizing the masculine and feminine wounding. And we're excited to live in this area because we feel like there's a lot of addressing happening here and people are starting to, well, reclaim parts of them that's bringing this balance about. And I totally can see this Captain Cook, Mr. Strong Guy, Mr. In Charge, and he goes in and he totally feels, what's the word that you use? Threatened. Threatened. Yes. Totally feels threatened and doesn't know how to handle that threat within himself other than like, oh, I got to control this right away. Well, if you think about it, he really didn't know anything different besides women exist to serve. Women are dumber women don't deserve to learn how to do this and this and that and the fact that he just walked into this brand new place in all aspects and saw that it's definitely the same as like how in a little bit more modern um beginning of america civilization when immigrants were coming because like the like the gold gold rush you could say like immigrants are taking all our jobs where it's they're used to this race that is lesser than them succeeding at something they're like this can't be you know what i mean that's just kind of like the learned you're a product of your environment you know what i mean so totally and yeah uh, like are we we holding compassion for the captain right now (laughs) (laughs) he was doing the best with what he knew (laughs) yes and i think we all really believe that yeah going back to the history of it we're going to we're going to jump through time again and we're going to come into the 20th century where this word actually started to gain some traction again and change and in the 20th century 1920 
is when the women gained their right to vote. So obviously in this time period, there's a lot of change happening with the ideas held about women. Mm-hmm. So the 20th century and the rise of feminism changed the word. There's a famous author, Ernest Hemingway. He popularized the more modern meaning of the word bitch in this era. So our meaning back anciently in Greece and further back was connected to a dog, connected to being subservient and lesser than, or um, like a a female dog in heat, promiscuous, sensual, and um, like wanting for, yeah, yeah. If you think about that, is it also associated with that, that dog knows what she wants? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean, the dog, Sure, it's like natural. It's this natural instincts within me. Yes, but yeah. So there's also like this essence of power. This this dog knows what she wants, so she's gonna go get it. It was just I don't know if you've ever seen a female dog in heat, but we our female cat just moved out of heat. (laughs) Why did she move out of heat, Kaya? Because she got what she wanted. Because she got what she wanted. (laughs) But beforehand, we were trying to stave that off. We didn't want kittens. Uh-uh. We meaning I. <laughs> I, I. I was agreeing with you on that. I didn't think we needed another. Yeah. Her energy, man, it was just kind of like, um, and, you know, this is the product of me and my environment, but it was a little bit unsettling and silly to watch because, you know, her rear's in the air and she's just like, oh, 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 get <laughs> Oh, whatever's inside of me, whatever this is inside of me, I just need to satisfy it, you know? That is so... It was really funny. (laughs) It was really funny, and it was a great education for the little kids, because they were like, what is happening to her? (laughs) Well, it's interesting, because, like, I was raised on a farm, right? So I watched my animals all the time. We had dogs, and I had a dog, and we bred her a few times. But I never really noticed a difference because she was out and about. And she's also around us all the time, too. So that's why I'm like, the differences between a a female dog and a cat are interesting. It's because I didn't have them in closed quarters all the time. But cats are way more, way more emotional. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's interesting. We should be compared to female cats and not. I was just thinking, I've. People, I don't know, actually resonate with cats sometimes more these days. (laughs) We think of the word dog, too. This came up in my research. The word dog, you know that men are referred to men when they're referred to in a lesser than way or subservient, they're referred to as dogs. So something about dogs coming way, way, way back, going way back dogs were just the scum of society and right. we are all of us you know the just Egyptians praise that cats. Idea. <laughs> yeah it's interesting so, Ernest Hemingway he popularized the more modern meaning of bitch in our era representing it with qualities like ferocity edginess and grit and he wrote several books that I'm interested in reading I never read any of his works And I read this really excellent article that talked all about Ernest Hemingway's women 
and the bitch goddess. Okay. I want to just link this article for anyone who's interested. It's a really short read, so that'll be linked. But basically it's this rise of this woman who more so knows what she wants, but the way she goes out to get it is out of her wounding. And so she's kind of just like, don't tell me, don't tell me what to do or how to do what to do. This is what I want. And I'm going to go out and get it. So it was kind of the beginning of all of this pent up boiling anger that women held about their, they knew they were worth more than what was happening with them. And so then the 1920s and women couldn't vote and all of that. So it changed the word because women were behaving differently suddenly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, when we talk about our circles, so one of my friends, Kayla, she is very wise. <laughs> I love, I love her feedback. I asked her about this and what she, what are her thoughts around what bitch energy is? And she first brought up that she believes that it actually has to do with wounded masculine and within men and women. And it shows up differently in the social aspect, but I thought that was really totally accurate for me and what I, how I view it. Yeah. It's kind of what Kaya was saying about Captain Cook. Again, like, I hope that's the right guy showing up and doing his thing yeah. because that's what he knew, but and it wasn't threatens. a whole worthy man that did that. Totally. Yeah. So the word bitch during the twenties changes its meaning, but it keeps the sexual brazen or overly vulgar meaning. It's still existent in there during the twenties. Um, the rise in usage, it really, it gained 800% rise in usage in 1991. It is when it really took off. So these are the stats from the 1800s to now, but in 1991 is when it really took off for just being used more commonly. And it's common for insults to lose intensity, the more the meaning of it broadens and the more it's used. I think we can all agree that we're seeing this right now with the F word and in my life span, which is just 39 years, that word has taken on a completely new life. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm in high school and if you say the F word, it's the F bomb and you're probably going to hell and I'm staying away from you to raising children who are just like surrounded by it all the time. And it means nothing to them. Like it meant to me really seeing that word change. And uh -huh. Kaya, tell me your experience in, in high school. And even from when we moved from Utah to California, it was obviously used a lot more just because the culture is different out there. And your whole personal shift with this word. I know this is not our highlight word, but I just want to talk about, you know, we're in the middle of this word shift, just like the word bitch used to mean such and such, but now it's totally different. Okay. Well, I will say the first time I remember that word ever popping up in my memory is I'm probably like eight years old and we're driving down the road and I read a billboard. 
and I th I said that word, and I don't know if that's what the billboard actually said or if I pronounce right. I don't know. I'd and be you told if me the billboard said that. <laughs> I said, "What does that word mean? I've never heard that word before." And you said, "That's not a like a clean word. Like we we don't use that word." And I was like, "Why was it on that billboard then?" And and you were like, "I don't know. Whatever. We were just driving." Yeah. And then take me to, like you said, California, moving from California, my early middle school to high school years. I feel like in California, I might have heard that word a lot more on the street used by like adults, but my friends never used that word. And oh, yeah. I had some really good friends, a little good circle, but even their friends that they would bring in, I never heard that word from people my age. And that, that was really surprising to me when I moved to Utah from California, that a lot of kids my age were saying that word when I went to middle school. And I was like, oh. same thing as you were saying, if somebody I heard say that, I was like, I'm not going to be friends with them. I'm not going to be friends with them. And it changed, obviously, as I got older, just because when you kind of have a culture, culture shock experience, there's a lot of things you, that you learn, just because somebody smokes doesn't mean they're a bad person. Just because somebody uses this word doesn't mean they're a bad person. It's still up to my discretion to be like, do I want to be around people that use that word? Do I want to be around people that do these things? So my personal, uh, I don't know, standards for what friends I wanted to have changed a little bit as I got older. Part of it was just the fact that I was afraid to leave those friends because I liked them and I liked hanging out with them. It bothered me that they used the word, but I was like, I can get used to it. Like, I don't need to be that friend that's like, please don't swear around me. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think it definitely became a lot more relaxed and my ears don't get triggered by it like they might have if I was 12 years old right now. But <laughs> it's still not a word that I like love or anything. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, Kels, we could... um Maybe we do we do an episode on this word, huh? Yeah, and, I think and it the evolution of it in your life personally too. <laughs> yes. So, Kaya, in your experience, even though the word became more prevalent, still, still hard on the ears, and that's where we are with that word. I think is it's people are hearing it more, and so the freak out that happens is not still so huge, mm -hmm. but it's still something everyone's getting used to, especially as the word meaning changes. <clears throat> so with the word, with the word bitch, same things happening in the nineties. Okay. So this is fun. We, we get this change in the word from female rappers and they began to yeah. create more change to the word, giving it a more positive and empowering meaning. Okay. So that's that what happened. That shifted yeah. things possibly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is, which is cool because I wondered where this came from too. And it's cool. It's these female rappers. So artists like Trina, who's popular in the late nineties, um, brought, brought in this energy of the word. So Trina, Rihanna, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, and they coined the term bad bitch, that energy. <laughs> And it refers to an independent, confident, attractive woman. The term is used in a complimentary way, painting women as desirable. So you guys, that's like 
totally two sides of the coin meaning to this word now that we have in our society that that is being used all the time both meanings are being used all the time i don't think that the word bitch for a, a hussy or sexually promiscuous is really in the picture anymore and that's kind of how it originated so we're far enough away from that that that's lost its meaning there but we do we operate in a society that uses that word to mean completely different things from each other um and then of course we have the the, the terms that uses bitch as more of a broad statement towards something like life's a bitch or the bitch end of the deal or even the surfer term bitchin i have a sticker on my water bottle that says that yeah <laughs> that's funny and to contrast that my son has a sticker that's like this spray can and it's spraying the sticker is in spray mode and it says on the can bitch spray <laughs> Oh. Like bear spray? Like bear spray. So it's kind of like, keep them away. Oh, that's me. funny. <laughs> Even though we've come into more um, comfort with this word, this is very interesting fact. It is still taboo in mainstream media. In fact, the New York Times has canceled the word bitch and it no longer recognizes it as a valid word when you're doing crosswords or wordle things like that hmm. isn't that interesting it is I'm so i'm wondering why yeah well it's very it's still really offensive mm -hmm. and especially since new york times is part of woke culture we're not going to do anything that's potentially offensive towards women on, right. on the kind of more leftist ideas right so everybody, we did something fun, Kelsey, Kaya, and I, we went out and asked our circles what their thoughts were. Just like I asked Kaya, what do you think bitch energy is? <laughs> so maybe you're listening and you know that we asked you. So this is your time to shine. This is where your information comes through. And so Kelsey, I want to start with you. I want you to talk to us about kind of what your circles came back with, with that question. And then Kaya, if you'll uh, go after her. Sure. So I asked three people. First, I asked my husband, Shaden. It was very interesting, the differences. <laughs> so his response was really interesting because it was very short and to the point. He said, a bitch is like someone who's dating material, not marriage material. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He said, well, from the line that he said, I kind of gathered that essentially someone who won't be able to handle and deal with reality of life is like a bitch. And so it's similar to what uh, Kayla said. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. And for me... For me, the word, there's this power play. It's all about power. And yeah, just go into that a little bit. What do you mean? So at the end of the day, it's never what you said or what you did. It's how you were when you were doing it. It's the energy behind it. 
And so, like, we were talking about how Cook was threatened. It was a power thing. He was like, well, no, this is where power exists, so we need to have this here. So we can't have her have the, that's not power. So it was a power thing for him. And then when we're talking amongst ourselves or when it's derogatory, which is a lot of the time, <laughs> like for me, that's why it hurt so much when someone called me that. It was a matter of power. And the time that I had that kind of experience where someone called me that was one of the first times in that relationship where I was actually speaking for myself and having a boundary. Mm -hmm. And that person was actually feeling guilt and shame. So mm -hmm. projected on me and yeah. I was the bitch because I had a boundary and I wasn't okay with something. Yeah. And so it's power, right? And I, over the years I kept growing and balancing out and holding power within myself, but I was so uncomfortable with that. I was uncomfortable holding power because I was, that's not what I grew up around. <laughs> I don't know. It was just uncomfortable. I needed to get used to it. I needed to like, uh, learn how to have my own boundaries and speak my own things. And you know what I'm saying? Anyways. Sure. So, so for me, that's what it was. And so when I went into these conversations, I just totally didn't lead. And I just asked, what do you think bitch energy is? And so, um, so Shaden said that it was like, not marriage material, mm -hmm. which to me is like someone who can't really handle it. Kayla said something totally related that I wanted to bring up. She said, to me, if someone's calling another person a bitch, um, like if you're being called a bitch, it's actually not about you. It's about the person who's calling you that, that that person is showing the toxic wounds that they can't hold space for you. So they're going to use it as like a, a weapon to make you a little smaller so that they feel a little more comfortable because they, they can't hold space for that or there's something going on within them that's a toxic wound. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, I was like, that's totally related to what Shaden said. Essentially, someone who can't handle life. It's because they got all this toxic stuff they got to address and they're not ready to do that yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I do. I have a related story with my experience. I asked uh, my, what my brother-in-law responded was very similar to what you're saying. His experience was very recent he had to let go of somebody i mean let me explain that a little bit better so he manages a bunch of people okay um, for his job and so he had to let go of somebody that he said uh you had to walk on eggshells around them and because you're worried they'd get all lit up and i would say she had such energy but he said but if i am calling somebody a bitch it is a reflection on me and not on them. It's a judgment reflection on me. And it's because I can't handle what it is coming at me from them. So I was like, well, that's really astounding. Really what you yeah. said, Kelsey. It's like you, you can't hold inside of you that person's um, statement of their place of power. So can I say something on that also? Yeah. It seems like from what both of you just said, the th common thread is can't handle, right? Mm -hmm. From a negative aspect. But from somebody who listens to like Nicki Minaj, like you said, who popularized the bad bitch coin, it's like she uses it in a way where she's like, you can't handle this. 
I'm too mm-hmm. good. I'm too cool. I'm too this and too that. Like, I need a man who can handle my bad bitch energy. So I think it's kind of interesting because if you're using it in the positive way, it still has the same kind of connotation of like exuding can't handle, can't handle. So oh, it's, yeah. it's like, you can't handle, I can't handle this person just because they're a handful. They constantly make me feel this and this, and I don't like that and blah, 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 blah. And the other way around, it's like the empowering, I'm going to be myself to the fullest. And if somebody can't handle that, that's on them, not on me. Yes. You know I mean? Yes. But I guess it can take it be taken in both ways because somebody could be acting that way. Like, well, I'm just being myself. And if you can't handle that, that's your fault. But they're still, they're still acting out of like a negative source of confidence. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. It's like Versus, a too much ego. Yes, exactly. That's what, mm-hmm. that's the word ego. Yeah. Versus the other side where it's like, they've empowered themselves to a point where they're like, I'm a woman and I want a man that can help me feel like a powerful woman that can handle yeah. a powerful woman. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. Kaya. Or Kaya. Kaya. Yeah. Um, so my other friend, Rachel, her first thought, she's also younger. Um, and her first thought is that bitch energy is like confidence and it's more of like connecting to your erotic self. And she loves it. She loves bad bitch energy, like the word. Oh, she she went way, 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 way back in time and brought out that part of the eroticism. Yeah. That oh, yeah. word. Ooh, wow. Yeah. She's, she's an old soul, maybe, huh? She knew that information. <laughs> For sure, that. she's old. But so it's kind of, it's interesting and cool. There's a part of me that's like, I can't do that. I can't really own my bad bitch energy. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious about you two and your, how you view that within yourselves. Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, Kai, why don't you tell us about what you explored and discovered with your circles? And we're going to come back to that yes. question. Yes, sure. sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, I want to say it was kind of funny for me to ask this question. And I, I didn't really know who I was going to ask. So on my Snapchat, I have, you can have the option to create a story that only certain members of people you have on Snapchat to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I have one on my Snap that's just girls, only all the girls that I have on Snapchat. And I really like it because it's fun. I can post kind of like whatever I want to an extent, or it's like things that I know girls will relate to. And it's really fun because I have a lot of back and forth with girls because of the things I put on there. So I was like, Oh, I'll just post it straight to this. And I had to actually post a few times throughout that day to even get a few people to respond. Like everyone was just brushing past it. And I was like, like, I know some of you have something to say, like, I know you do, but they're just skipping past it. So the answers I got were really a lot of the same theme, which was to be expected. But at the same time, there was one that I, a good friend of mine, Josie, she, um, I thought it was really funny because she specifically didn't do anything to do with like their personality or their character, but what they wore. And so I thought that would be really interesting to share. She, yes. <laughs> she didn't do any characteristics at all. And it was funny because she was the first person to respond and she said, do you mean bitch or bad bitch? And I said, yes. <laughs> And so this is what she said. She said, negative bitch energy is a girl with long nails longer than one inch from the end of the finger. 
an Adidas tracksuit, or those TikTok leggings that show off your butt. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Is that not like Nicki Minaj and Beyonce? <laughs> totally is. Totally. <laughs> and then, then she said, bad bitch energy is white nails or red nails, good fitting clothes or nice baggy jeans. Hmm. Comfortable enough with herself to wear an ironic shirt. This is so fascinating. It really is. Doesn't mind splurging on something, but also likes deals. Like, she was very much physical appearance oriented. Like, if she saw the first, the description of the first person on the street, she would immediately profile them. You're a bitch. You're someone I don't want to be around. And the second person, she's like, yeah, that's a bad bitch. You know what I mean? And so that... That was really interesting. I was like, there's some things there that I kind of was like, there there are certain people that I see how they might dress and then you can take notes from what their lifestyle might be like because of how they dress. Yeah. And it's like, for me, maybe I wouldn't want to be around somebody that goes out in public just wearing like bralettes, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not enough. That's not a lifestyle that I resonate with. So I'm not going to want to, I'm not going to gravitate towards them. So I think it was just kind of the same thing where someone I think that appears high maintenance might seem like a bitch because all of the things that she listed was just something more high maintenance, like expensive clothing, really long nails. I tell my mom all the time, my nails are pretty long right now, but this is the longest I'm going to let them get because I hate not being able to do things for myself. When I broke my finger, when I broke my finger a few months ago and my boyfriend was very, very good at like taking care of me, which is kind of funny because it was just a finger. But he was like, very good at like, oh, let me carry that for you. Let me lift that for you. Let me do this for you. Or don't do that. I'll do it for you. And it was really nice, but it was driving me crazy. Because I was like, <laughs> I, I can do it myself. Like, I, I, I want to be able to use my hand again. So it's the same thing with the nails. I always tell my mom, if you see somebody with nails that are that long, you know that there's not a lot of things in their life that they have to do themselves. There's a <laughs> lot of opportunity in their life that they can other people can do it for them or they really just don't have that responsibility at all. Like they have the <laughs> leisure to not use their hands. You know what I mean? As a projector, I think I want this. So I'm going to go put three inch. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, this sounds like the dream life. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, that's... See, that's the other thing is my sort of independent self likes the idea for like my future marriage to be very cooperative. We do a yeah. lot of things together. Yeah. I want to do things, but I also like to sit back and relax. I have a best friend who who watching her with her boyfriend was really hard for me because he was always doing everything for her. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't, then she wasn't going to date him. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. And like there's some things where she's like it, it's not like everything for her. She's going to wash her own dishes, she'll make him food, whatever. But it was like to the point where I saw that as really high maintenance, but maybe that's just what she liked and what she wanted and she liked to be taken care of. And that was something I had to learn over watching that relationship where I was like, he's not a slave to her. He likes to take care of her and that works for them. And Uh that's really awesome. Uh So I think that kind of like high maintenance really just depends on who's doing the maintenance. So 
I loved so much. Attention patrons, ready reader story time is now starting upstairs in the heritage room. This has never happened. I've podcasted from here several times. That's probably why there was so many young Names. families downstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. event. Ready? Go, yeah. Okay. I really love that you told us this uh, version of kind of observing bitch energy because I also wondered how the word energy was going to affect people's definitions and this girl really went into the idea of the energy of it based off of her judgments of just looking at people and the energy they exude mm -hmm. and i also super loved how you tied it together for me it helped me where you said the long nails and the outfit to you represented somebody who didn't do a lot for themselves and was high maintenance and uh your friend also saw the same thing where she's like well that that to me is like a, a bitch that's negative and yeah so that was really cool how that tied together and also very interesting perspective for sure was okay. there any other yeah let me yeah let me look it was really i just have screenshots um most people didn't really go into detail she was like the most detailed person um and these are all girls. I have two examples from, I asked my cousin and one of my best friends, but this one was just a girl. She said, people who don't open the door for me, hold the door open for me with like the wide eyes emoji. Oh, people, just people, male, female. Yes. She oh. didn't say girls or boys. She just said people who don't hold the door open for me. And I was like, okay, I can do that where it's like, <laughs> like sometimes I like to hold the door open for people. And I, and I've been in the situation where someone holds the door open for me and I'm definitely far enough away that they could have just kept walking and it would have been fine. And I have to do a little hustle. You know what I mean? But I've also <laughs> positioned where they were close enough and they totally looked at me and then shut the door. And I was close enough that I could catch the door before it closed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to take it personally unless I know them personally. Then maybe I'll tease yeah. them and be like, oh, you can hold the door open for me. But if That's it's a stranger, it just kind of goes over my head and it's fine. But yeah, that's what she said. Um, and then my oh. other friend, I don't know. I don't know what, if you guys wanted to dive into that more, but well, no, I think no. it's interesting how it was about holding the door, like holding space. We were just talking about mm. when someone can hold space or when they can't. So yeah, interesting connection there. So she said, when you're talking to two girls and they look at each other while you're talking, just a side eye. And this is something that I have experienced that is so, like, in a social circle of girls my age, sometimes it's really hard to interact with girls that are really close because they'll kind of, you know, there's, I said this to my boyfriend, his brother had a girlfriend for a while and I knew that she did not like me. And he was like, no, she just acts like that sometimes. And I was like, no, when you're a girl, you can pick up when a girl doesn't like you. You know when a girl doesn't like you. And so it's just kind of the same thing. The messages, the subtle messages that you can receive from girls while you're talking to them. It's like you're telling a story or you're telling them, I don't know, just talking to them. Yeah. And they'll like look at each other like like that or they'll like, yes. like you know, yes. that look is just immediately you want to get out of there. You want to stop yeah. talking. And it's just so mean. Like it's just not it's just so rude right and very 
I don't know. Sometimes when that's happened to me, it's just been kind of, okay, I'll excuse myself. I'm probably never going to talk to them again. And it's just immediate. I'm just like appalled. They're so insensitive and indecent that they would do that to somebody's face is just yeah but it kind of brings me peace to the point where I'm like I know I'm not the only person that feels this way and if they can have peace with just the two of them that's all they're ever going to find if this is the way that they're going to act towards every other person they have a conversation with and I've seen that kind of come to truth when it's people that I have felt that energy from and I choose to remove myself from the friendship or or keep the conversation to just passing by in the hallway. Uh-huh. I've seen, wow, if I had stuck with that group, look where it would have ended up. You know what I mean? Just very isolated and talked about negatively amongst a lot of different people. And I'm like, yeah. glad that when those people are mentioned, my name is not associated with it. Oh. So I found it really interesting, Kaya, because what you're talking about, the cattiness or Kayla, she mentioned that. She mentioned Mm. how in middle school, in high school, it comes off as like this really catty energy, Mm -hmm. which is to her, it's it's not truly claiming and having wholeness within your masculine energy. So it Mm -hmm. comes off as catty. Yeah. In a woman, in a girl. That's something that the last kind of response I had was, somebody who's not a girl's girl and that's something that's kind of a really main very strong theme in girls my age right now and that's somebody that I actually am trying to be is a girl's girl um I don't think I would call myself I don't think I've ever okay this is a very hard thing to kind of say about yourself but from what I can like inwardly look at myself and see I don't feel like I've ever been a bitch towards other girls, but I've definitely not been um, always on the girls team and always, you know, just rooting for kind of a sisterhood. And that's what a girl's girl is, is somebody who's always constantly uplifting other girls and rooting for the girls team and like encouraging a sisterhood between all women that you meet. That's what a girl's girl is. And that's like something that I have been trying to cultivate within myself as somebody I want to be seen as a girl's girl so that's I love that yeah I think Kelsey and I both applaud that and um a little mother moment is definitely we talk Kaya and I often about our wounding with our female relationships and obviously she's a product of me (laughs) and how I express to her like this is definitely something I'm working on I will say I have I have been a bitch (laughs) I have been blatantly rude to other women somehow I must have found threatening and I also um as Kai has said and I know Kelsey feels the same way is really really wanting to be a girl's girl and being the type of woman that applauds other women cheers them on and encourages them and a space where you can come and share the things you're excited about and I am there to say let's do this. Go for this. Let's make this happen. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I guess, as I move through my life and I heal, I'm healing my own um, negative bitch side, which again, I, I owned because I definitely have been that way. 
You both probably yeah. can see that. <laughs> I mean, I, like you said, it always just comes from a place of hurt. Yeah. And so for me, I've just been blessed with the ability to kind of, I'm a very empathetic person, so I can kind of see, I can read people very easily, and I feel like I can kind of see through their intentions in social interaction. So to kind of couple with that, when I've been hurt or when I see people acting in bitchy tendencies, it's, I know it comes from a place of insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so I can leave a lot of room in myself for that kind of forgiveness. And that's what I was kind of talking about with the girls that would interact negatively. I could allow myself to excuse my peace from that relationship without completely having to tell everyone that they're a bad person or this and that and that because I can allow the forgiveness on them because I know that they're not just acting that way because, right? Everyone has a reason. Mm -hmm. And so in turn, it kind of reflects on me. It's kind of the closure that you would need from a relationship, right? Where you see now why everything happened the way it did. So now you can go about your life accepting the challenges. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind yeah. Of hard to articulate that, but may everybody have an emotionally <clears throat> intelligent child like I do. Taught <laughs> me a lot. It's it's a blessing and a curse. I will say that it's a blessing and a curse. Um, the two that I got from my male friends were one of them was like just eh, kind of not a lot, but they both are very similar almost exactly similar. So one of them said a girl's name. And I will say I would probably agree with him in most circumstances, but he also did get personally rejected by that girl. Which brings us around full circle when we were talking about um, men being threatened. Yeah. And this is something I wrote down when we were talking about that. I said, men being threatened versus women knowing what they want. You're a bitch if you won't give me what I want. Does that make sense? Yes. And so I've seen that theme from men, from my personal interaction with them. They, I have heard rumors about myself or about friends and seen the product of an interaction that a girlfriend of mine might have had with a guy where she rejected him, set boundaries maybe decided they were close friends, but, oh, well, this is the exact example that actually happened to me where I was close friends with a particular guy and things started to escalate towards more than friends. And once it got to a point, I was like, I don't want this to continue. I'm getting a little uncomfortable. Let's just be friends. We couldn't just be friends, apparently. And I had rumors circulated about me by that guy calling me a bitch because of the way I acted. And there is some immaturity that kind of went into that situation on my part. I was only 16, so, you know. But that kind of, I thought was really interesting because he chose her. And there have been some situations with that specific girl that I would probably say, yeah, she was a bitch during that time. But with him, it's a lot more personal to the fact where he really liked her and had strong feelings for her and she didn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought it was interesting, like, a man being threatened versus a woman knowing what she wants. Yes, so, exactly. She's, and that goes back to my 
my coworkers who are 14, 15 saying they're scared of women because they know what they want and he doesn't want to not be what she wants. So, yeah. Um, you? No, yeah. Thank you for sharing all of those. I definitely wanted that insight, especially from your generation in those circles. And I'm going to just quickly go over some of the things that I gathered from my circles. I kind of pulled a wide range from a 60 year olds down to my, my children, Kaya, and my son just younger than him, who's 16, and some also nieces and nephews. So I kind of have um, a little bit of a range. So from the men, most common adjectives were a whiner, um, insecure, a woman who feels entitled or has mm. an, a vendetta, vendetta, snobbiness, so, snobbishness, a woman who thinks she is right without looking at others' opinions or perspectives <laughs> and refusing to take feelings into consideration. Oh. Selfishness, victimhood, in pain, angry, deeply broken. So the men, a, a few men did use women who. Not every man used women who. And some of the men came back with long dissertations <laughs> about why this energy even exists, which, which is cool and pertinent to this podcast in particular. Um, okay. So the women came back with things like not a bitch energy is someone who's not scared of anything. Uh, this was such an interesting statement, conscious awareness of how they treat people, but don't care to mm. change lack of confidence and self-esteem overcompensating for that lack it's bully energy hmm. someone who's always negative has no filters blunt arrogant not a girl's girl feeling in control as a coping <laughs> mechanism because everyone's out to get me so that's the victimhood confidence that's manipulative and rude mm -hmm. and the common themes with hmm. the men and the women that came from my circles were the word insecure victim and bully-ish. Mm. Um, but there were women who pointed out that this word can be used as an endearing, complimentary, friendly term. Kai and I have friends who they're sisters and when they see each other, they flip each other off and call each other a bitch. But it's endearing <laughs> to them. And it, it's a connection they yes. form. That's how my yeah. aunts are. So I'm the oldest grandchild on that side I'm very close to all of them and all of them are like that they love the word and they call each other it all the time and they think it's funny yeah, yeah. and it's like a it's like saying girlfriend or something yeah. like that because I did have one friend that we we would call each other that occasionally it was a hard word for me definitely at the time so <clears throat> another thing that was pointed out uh is and you would use the word towards a guy, it would be mm, like you're referring to the guy like a dog, way, way ancient terminology. He's such a little bitch because just follows, he just follows her around and does everything for her type idea. Hmm. So, um, and then for sure the younger generation, and this is the thing that I really wanted to figure out. With Kai, I was quite surprised that this didn't come up more often. 
the younger generation went immediately to the two ideas that exist now for us, which is the bad bitch, confident, independent, or the more negative energy, which is aggressive, mean, and cold. So it was interesting that with you, Kaya, you're 18. So think of that, that era, the, the people that answered the bad bitch, the baddie, you know, they were 16. So that's just younger than you, but it's just shifted a whole bunch. Wouldn't you say in social media and the things that you're involved in personally, just over the last year or two, how the baddie, the bad bitch, the bad bitch boss woman have all been really more in our media and what's in, in our faces recently. I would say I hear it used more positively than negatively for sure, which yeah. is really interesting because I, I never used that towards my friends unless they were literally in a place of insecurity and I would be trying to like get them out of it. Like coming out of a breakup, I'd be like, you're a bad bitch. Like stand up, let's go eat a bunch <laughs> of ice cream and watch Twilight. And they would be like, oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so that's what we would do, which is hilarious because it's not like we were like, you're a bad bitch. Let's go. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So coming from what you were talking about, Kaya, of you're a bad bitch. Like you got this for your friend. For me, my reclamation around this word is owning those parts of me that are holding my boundaries and staying true to myself and what I need for me and my own and also trusting my own judgment. And so in kind of reclaiming my, my bad bitch, <laughs> but I say bad bitch because it's like, I really got to pull out the bitch in me. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm going to pull out her and I actually gave her a name and her name is Roxy. And, and so I'm owning Roxy and I don't, I don't know if you guys remember Roxanne from the Goofy movie. Oh my gosh. She was I love her. I love her. That's where Roxy comes from. And so so I am owning my Roxy and it's safe for me to be me and own my boundaries. And that's what bad bitch is meaning for me now. And still, it's kind of like, like, it literally kind of gives me like little tingles on my arms. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I know that it's that. right for me. And so I want to hear about your guys's reclamations around this word. Okay. Um, for me, it's kind of hard to, okay, I'll just go with this. So my very first boyfriend was the biggest lesson ever. He taught me a lot of really good things about myself, but also taught me a lot about what I don't want in a partner. And that was really awesome to, to have that lesson for now. Obviously when I was going through it, it was awful. Um, and he would kind of take advantage of my emotional vulnerability when I would express things to him, like um, about how I was feeling about our relationship and other things like that. So he would take advantage of my emotional vulnerability when I would open up to him about things, particularly issues that we were having and kind of like Kelsey was saying, 
boundaries that I was having trouble setting or he was setting boundaries that I was having trouble with on my part because it was a lot of him controlling the emotional aspect of our relationship Mm -hmm. and he would make me feel like a bitch for expressing my needs fast forward three years current relationship I'm in this summer was we ran into a lot of speed bumps because everything before like we've been dating for a little bit over a year and this summer was a little hard for us and I started to express the need for certain boundaries and that was so so hard because of my previous experience and I told him to his face I said I feel like a bitch right now and he got so angry at me and he was like I would never call you that ever. I would never treat you that way or I'm not going to cry because this was a really emotional experience for me. But, and he really made me feel good about expressing myself and confident to the point where I felt secure that when I was expressing my needs, he wouldn't view me that way because of kind of like the anger that he was like, I am so angry that you would ever think I would think of you that way. I would never call you that blah, 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 blah. And so that was kind of me. I know it wasn't really me reclaiming it, but that experience really taught me like me being a bitch wasn't me. It was somebody else's projection onto me. Mm -hmm. So it was really good because I got to push away from that. I feel like there, I'm not really sure if I have like an alter ego for myself, I just think that myself is kind of what I need to step into a little bit more because I still don't really know who that is. So maybe the alter ego will come later. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I would say maybe I'm currently in the process of my reclamation mm-hmm. of owning my bad bitch or whatever. So that's kind of my story on that. Oh, uh, Kaya, that's so relatable on a number of levels. <laughs> you can ask your mom later. <laughs> Well, that's actually, we talked about this at the beginning of the episode about why we're even here discussing this right now is because Kelsey was called this when she was stating her needs and setting a boundary and Kaya had the exact same experience, Yeah, which put you both into this energy of, I don't ever want to be called a bitch again or perceived as a bitch until you both were able to have healing through better relationships through men who allowed that ability for you told you you're safe in expressing your needs mm-hmm. and I love that you shared that kind of because it really brings uh ties us all in puts a pretty bow on a lot of the ideas that we've been talking about surrounding the word where it came from why it ever existed Captain Cook him coming into the to the various indigenous tribes and changing their culture around women. And then here we are today to just like women are still trying to claim their space in the world. Mm -hmm. And most of us don't know how to do that in a way that is healthy. And so when we're in our bitch energy, whether it's positive or negative, we are stating our needs and claiming our space. So, The hope and the goal is for me, for you, and for all of the women really try to get into a healthy reclamation and claiming of who you are, the space we take up in the world, our boundaries, our yeses, our nos in 
a healthy way so that we can have a prettier picture of being a woman in her strength where the bitch is not something a man would say because they're or a woman would say to or they might else. they might still say it if you're if you're getting more whole in yourself a man might get in in um threatened and what yes. we want to own is that we don't care or that we are well, less gonna, attached to it yes right well i was gonna just say like this is an eventuality as we change this way women come out into the world and you know we went way back to the first century <laughs> and all of the things that women have done to now and here we are all three of us in this really cool space of being a part of a culture change and shift around an energy and a word especially to hopefully in some time to come that word it, it, it like has no value and meaning towards women in a negative connotation anymore mm -hmm. and i like both of you um in reflecting on how bitch energy has helped me in any way with my personal reclamation it's the same as both of you it's like what's boundaries first of all i didn't know what boundaries were and now i'm discovering them and healing parts of myself learning to say no standing up for myself in a way that is non-defensive that part is huge 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 for me i came from a space where my wounding and and when you're in defensive energy i would say it's pretty bitchy <laughs> so um yeah. i i can just say hey yes no or here's where i stand and not worry about anything else past that any other projection other people may have um i love this batty energy it's it's high self-worth but i'm not up for claiming that either let me explain so it still feels like an unhealed ego like i'm still out to prove something mm -hmm. i'd like to go into the masculine energy with comfort and belonging and the reason i say the masculine energy is because when a woman steps into like this place of power and here's my boundaries and this is where i say yes or no it's way more masculine because it's creating a container for ourselves mm -hmm. and how we move about the world mm -hmm. um so i'd like to step into that in a comfortable place and a place of belonging. I don't want to shove my way in or push aside anything as I go. And I want to be able to hold it up and sustain it from a place of deep worth and value rather than the need to be seen doing or being something. That's so really like interesting. The sad A is still kind of like, look at me. I'm going to show you all just how <laughs> I can I am powerful and I'm powerful. You just gotta look at me and yeah. get that from me. I'm yeah. like, oh, like, it's so inspiring from a certain level. It totally brings us up. But then we're at this place of like, but like, that's maybe still not a real healthy balance there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I wrote here that deep worth and the value that I was talking about, it comes from discovering that a balanced individual understands humans have masculine and feminine energy and 
We know when to use each one. So when Captain Cook comes and he sees me as a woman being in my masculine energy because I'm directing something or signing off on something or, or the leader of some sort of community gathering, he's like, oh, look at her. She's using her masculine energy right now. Isn't that lovely? You know, because he understands we all have it and we're all allowed to have it and, and we're all one other thought I had was that I think that this this whole thing we've been talking about is so individual and mm -hmm. this journey is it's an exploration journey that I can't say or I don't think any one person can tell the masses just how this should look yeah what's this end result even look like or feel like? And our psychologists that a lot of us refer back to, or a lot of society refers back to, um, Carl Jung is one of them, writes a lot of really great things connected to this, um, has a real, real well-rounded approach to, hey, we have masculine and feminine within us and we ought to be using both. But, we're moving further along and away from Carl Jung in terms of time. Though we still like reach back into history and pull from his teachings, the further we move in time from his teachings, we are discovering more and more and more about ourselves, um, which is exciting and it's ever expansive. And it's a great picture of the eternal scope of things. We're just going to keep doing this forever and ever afterwards, but I don't think that I could sit here and say, here's the path and here's what it looks like when you achieved. Uh, it's like super much, super much. It's super much a feeling with it <laughs> and how it portrays out according to our own human design. Mm -hmm. It's true. Okay. So just to wrap up some these things and conclude, we have some questions for you to reflect on for yourself because ultimately it every all the answers are within you just like malia was kind of saying so when you think about the word bitch and, and maybe if that's triggering to you or if it's not there's some room to look at why why is it making you feel the way it does is there like room to build some boundaries is there room to tone it down and maybe have some love and grace? Can you, can you go into that heart centered place with yourself and with others? Where is the wound at within you and, and just explore what that is and what it looks like for you. Um, ultimately we just are all in support of everyone becoming more whole within themselves, whatever that looks like. Cause it's going to be different. Like you said, Malia. So with that, we thank you guys for listening, and we will see you on our next episode of The Reclamation.